He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. How's it going? You know, it's uh, it's going good. This morning is kind of a weird morning. But it's a good morning. Uh, it matches our gospel. We were just kind of talking about that. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> the. Uh, I was reading the gospel for this past Sunday and this, you know, it doesn't happen often because, you know, Jesus is pretty straightforward with things, but I read through the gospel, um, you know, kind of early on in the week. Um, and I had no idea what Jesus was trying to say. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Dude, I was, you know, maybe this happens to a lot of people. You say often. that like you have an idea of what Jesus says in other gospels. I'm, I'm pretty. I, I most think of you the shoot time, from the hip most of the time. Most of the time, I could I could put a, a thumb on it. You know, I could get it in a ballpark area. But I read that gospel, and I, I almost I almost started off my homilies like, "Y'all, I read this gospel. I had no idea what I was <laughs> what I was reading. <laughs> uh, it was just a, it was just kind of a confusing." One for me, um, because I think I was reading it in a certain way, and I was like, "No, there's no way Jesus would be, you know, saying that." Uh, and what so, was I, he saying? So, so, for those who maybe didn't pay attention, or it's you know, it's Wednesday, so they don't remember what yeah. was the gospel. Yeah. So let me just let me read the gospel. Okay, it's thirteen verses. Stay with me. Jesus said to his disciples, "A rich man had a steward." who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do? Now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do. I shall do so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. And to the first, he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another, the steward said, and how and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here is your promissory note. Write one for 80. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the ch children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you. Make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. 
All right, guys. Well, we look forward to seeing y'all this weekend at Mass. <laughs> oh, wait. That wasn't it? No. No, no sorry. It's 13 S- verses. So is Jesus saying that we should be dishonest with people and mismanage That's, funds? I and- mean, look, I prayed with that. I, I was doing a lot of research, um, and I was thinking, man, what in the world is going on? I do, um, for, my, for my homilies, typically, I pray with the readings, and then I go to the church fathers. The church fathers are the very first Christians. Like Father Brady and Father <laughs> Chester. and Father Chester, he preaches like a <laughs> You know, a lot of them preach like the first Christian. But uh, I read the church fathers and see what they have to say on it. They're the first Christians, the ones that kind of put the Bible together and interpreted scripture. Uh, and so I go to them and see what they have to say. And then after the church fathers, I typically go to St. Thomas Aquinas, who's kind of the greatest mind of all. Uh, typically, in I the think Catholic you say faith. that about a different saint every week. St. <laughs> Thomas is, is kind of universal. I may think that, but St. Thomas is universally recognized as that. I may think other saints are better uh, in certain areas, uh, but St. Thomas is universally known as probably the greatest mind. So what did the church fathers say about this gospel? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I read them and I was like, what are they saying? <laughs> and I was, I, I, I kind of read it. And I, re- I was reading through the church fathers and maybe, you know, the day I was reading with them, I was just like, in a, my mind was in a haze because like I was reading them and I was like, very typically the church fathers. You celebrated too much because Spez won the homecoming game. That's I, what it was. Maybe that's what it was. I was just recovering <laughs> from my middle school <laughs> homecoming win. Uh, no, but usually the church fathers explain things very simply because ideally they're preaching to a bunch of illiterate people, people that had no idea how to read or write. And so their preaching is very simple and is actually very accessible to anyone. Um, But I was reading through them and I was like, man, I don't understand what they're saying because usually they will explain like images. So for them, they'll say like, oh, the olive oil that was forgiven, this represents that. Or the wheat that was forgiven, this represents that. And and it it fulfills in this. And so they're beautiful images, but nothing, nothing. I read through them. I was like, Lord of mercy. And then St. Thomas Aquinas. Don't you just love that? Like when you're, when you're looking for answers and you're looking for wisdom beyond yourself and Mm. like every stone you turn over is leaves you more confused than the stone before. Yeah. And, uh, and I was college career, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) my whole preaching career. Uh, so I was, I kind of read through them. I couldn't get anything. And then I started reading through modern commentaries, uh, modern, you have to be delicate with because some of them are good. Some of them not so good. Uh, so I started reading some modern commentaries that I know is solid. And I finally got to one that I was like, okay, I could understand this. It was uh, from Peter Kraft, who's actually a very popular speaker, uh, still in the world today. And I saw in our bulletin that we have him coming for that man is you. Um, he's one. He's going to be a speaker for. Is he coming or is I, he on the video? I don't know. Okay. I, uh, I, they have his image and yeah, they yeah. say, you know, uh, speakers for that man is you upcoming this year. And I saw Peter Kraft and I was like, man, that's a big name. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I think TMIY is the video series, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think they highlight who's going to be part of that. That would make a that, whole lot more sense. Um, and, and maybe he's coming. I don't, we, we would have oh, to ask I'd, Look, I'd love to uh, have dinner with him. But so, so he's a brilliant model. Why don't we just bring him in? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, just why call not? him up, get him a plane ticket. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. It's we're currently taking donations. To pay for- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. We scheduled him for three years in advance. Uh, and so I read through his commentary, and it actually made a I'm lot of sense. I'm reading his book right now, uh, "Activated Disciple." Mm. It's really good. Um, yeah, it, it talks kind of what we talked about last week about just how you can't be passive in your relationship with God. Yeah. You have to be very intentional, and it's a dynamic relationship. Yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal speaker, and he he has a play on words a lot. So like he'll 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 play on words. He's a great writer, um, but I read through his commentary, and it was very helpful oh yeah we're talking about the confusing gospel I forgot where we were going with all this (laughs) yeah so and honestly I was uh, kind of preparing my homily and then I was thinking about man for the the podcast should I tell them how like difficult this was like how many days it took me to kind of formulate it was like should I just talk about typically the homily writing process well, so I kind of worked it in so that's where we are yeah that's why that's that's exactly here's a sneak peek into the world of Father Poirier yeah. and homily preparation it's uh you're chipping away at things and so I was I never write a homily or I typically don't uh, in one day it's I kind of chip away at it uh, over time um, so I get if an you were confused here. last week when you read the gospel before coming to mass, you're in good company. So was Father Poirier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the uh, I was actually with a few priests this weekend watching the uh, the Saints game. Oh, that was a bummer. Yeah, I'm Thanks sorry for bringing that. I'm sorry I brought yeah. that up. But uh, I, we started talking about what what we preached on, and of course uh, there wasn't anything going on in the Saints game. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Man, how uh, do you eat? Okay, yeah. let's not even get started. And so they and they had and they all had kind of different insights. I thought all of them were phenomenal, really. Um, but where I went with the gospel is kind of I told people that if you have trouble understanding the gospel, it's good to look at the first and the second reading mm. because there's a common thread of teaching that the church has in mind whenever it puts all the readings together, right? So the first reading, the second reading in the gospel, they always have something in common, even if it's kind of difficult to see sometimes, but there's always something in common with them. And so with the first reading, the prophet Amos, he's kind of preaching, uh, proclaiming to this nation. And it's in, for the prophets of the Old Testament, most of them, 99.9% of prophets in the Old Testament were bad prophets. They were uh, preaching, proclaiming news that people wanted to hear so that they could get rich. Mm. Um and I kind of joke that is still done today, that people still take advantage of what people want to hear, what we'd call probably the prosperity gospel, right? Um, you you hear what you want to hear, or they'll tell you what you want to hear for their own gain. And this was, this is not a, a new issue. This was 100% an issue in the Old Testament. Uh, in fact, even our blessed Lord talks about it in the gospels. Um well, the prophet Amos is a good prophet, and he's preaching something that the people do not want to hear. He's preaching to these kind of high political figures and high uh, kind of, I guess, equivalent to like business owners and stuff like that. He's telling them to stop taking advantage of the poor. Uh, he says that you're taking advantage of the poor and it's not OK. Mm. That even though you don't love the poor, God loves the poor. 
and that you need to be more honest with your wealth, that you need to pay people a just wage and not take advantage of them. Uh, because that's what they were doing. They were taking advantage of people because they were in a hard situation, a stuck, a pretty much a stuck situation, and they were stealing from the people, from their workers, right? And so, kind of like taking money out of their check, right? Okay. Um, the second thing Amos is telling them is that look, these poor people, they don't know what you're doing. The poor people had no idea that they were doing this. But he said, God sees. God sees what you're doing and he is a just judge and he sees everything that maybe you don't love the poor, but God loves the poor and he will not look kindly upon you on judgment day if you continue to do this without repenting. And so Amos is telling the people of his generation uh, to be more honest with their wealth, essentially. Mm. Now go to the second reading with the with St. Paul. St. Paul is pro helping people, telling people to pray for the political leaders of the time, right? To offer our prayers and supplications for them. He's saying that the power that they hold is not bad, but they need to use it for good. Right. Uh, we have a structured system in every um, civilization. Huh? We, we need that. We just need structure. We can't just work in some type of dystopia. It doesn't work like that. Or at least humanity doesn't work like that. Uh, and so he's telling them to pray for the people that are in leadership positions. Right. It's easy to criticize them. But how many of you are praying for them or offering sacrifice for them? Like we cannot we should not accept right unjust leaders, but we also need to pray for them because the way that Satan tempts them is different than the way Satan tempts me. Mm. And, and maybe if I was in that position, I wouldn't do so hot either. That's you know? uh, that's interesting. It, it, just mm -hmm. in the sense of like, look at the political political landscape that we have that we find ourselves in today mm -hmm. you know hopefully we're not just complaining about the candidates and the politicians that we don't like hopefully we're actually praying for their salvation as well yeah because i tell people this all the time um look i 100 I, I have i have a heart for this situation for these situations but like imagine Think in your mind the the political leader or the the popular figure, whoever it is, that aggravates you the most or drives you up the wall. Or maybe the it's most. the priest. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> if it is, you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> you know, maybe you are. Well, well, okay. Imagine I'm that. Sorry, for, I yeah. didn't mean to derail that. <laughs> if uh, imagine that person, right? Now imagine if that person today or tomorrow gets in front of a camera and and openly proclaims that they're devoting their life to Jesus Christ, that they change their ways and they openly admit the wrong that they've done and is willing to accept whatever consequences come so long as they may openly serve Jesus Christ our Lord for the rest of their life. And they and they lay down their power, they give it up, and then they, they pursue Jesus, the full heart. Huh? Can you imagine the radical nature that that would have on the world? Right? 
that would be that would be astronomical mm-hmm. that if one if one of these major figures had a conversion like that I, a few weeks ago I preached about Shia LaBeouf yeah. uh, coming back or coming and to the faith kind of that was a powerful interview I, I finally mm-hmm. watched it I, you know you, you preached about it three weeks a month ago finally watched watched mm-hmm. it last week um, talk about a powerful interview I wonder though like it would I think it, it would be powerful for those of us with faith right I I wonder how powerful it would be by those who don't have faith hmm. I'm sure that there would be some people that would pause and think I think in the landscape that we find ourselves in the society the world that we find ourselves in today i think that if a major figure a politician a superstar of some sort were to speak out openly about their faith i don't know i think people would their followers their fans their whoever might possibly just dismiss them totally probably I I I so I'm a I'm a boxer. I would hope that it was yeah. the opposite, you know. I'm a, a boxing fan. This is kind of going off the rails. I'm a boxing fan and Tyson Fury uh is kind of the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. He's okay. a, probably one of the greatest boxers. Definitely he's going into the Hall of Fame and I think he's probably the greatest heavyweight boxer since probably Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's insanely good. Um a few years ago, he was suicidal, completely overweight, and and a drunkard. And he had he was he was going into heavyweight fights completely drunk. Oh wow! And like he had no idea where he was at. You know, and this is how I mean. One is how good of a boxer he was, but this is also how lost he was. A few years ago, um, after almost committing suicide again. Um, he found Jesus and, and Jesus broke through his darkness. And right then and there, he gave his entire life to Jesus Christ. He lost probably about 200 pounds, um, stopped, uh, was again faithful to his wife and his kids, uh, stopped, stopped everything, all, or at least, you know, <clears throat> to the best of my knowledge, right? Stopped the things that were impeding his relationship with Christ, and every ever since then, every single fight he's given, he's done, every interview he's done, he's dedicated it to Jesus, and he's he's spoken very openly about his relationship with Christ and how he saved him, and he's implored other people to be saved by Jesus. I mean, that's a that's a pretty powerful thing, and it, for his fans to hear that, you know, at least how raw he is with that. I mean, like he's he's pretty open about things. Um, even for me, you know, that's very powerful, you know, to to hear those things. And so, I it depend it'll depend on the person and yeah. how they deliver the message. But I mean, Saint Paul, Saint Paul converted a whole lot of people. Oh yeah, and. Uh, but it was because of how uh, open and honest and how uh, ruthless he was at proclaiming Christ crucified. Um, and that's the message St. Paul is trying to get through, to pray for the conversion of these people in power. Okay. Now, with that in mind, Amos is preaching. Uh, Man, you tied that back in well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good it's job. Like, it's like I do this for a living. Maybe. <clears throat> and so this, uh, <laughs> with Amos preaching, uh, telling uh, these kind of people in 
positions of power or money and influence that they need to be more respectful to the poor and that God does see what maybe other people don't see mm-hmm. uh, with St. Paul telling people to pray for those in positions of power, uh, especially political leaders to pray for them. Now we could turn to the gospel, this confusing gospel that was sending me on, uh, you know, these loops Now I didn't know what it was saying because in the gospel, you have this steward managing the master's money and this steward is mismanaging funds, right? And then uh, the master calls him in and says, look, I want an account of what you're doing and, I, and then you're getting fired. Uh, I want to know where we're at financially and then you're getting fired. And then so the steward, uh, the man he called in, is worried. And so he starts calling in all of the debtors that owes his master money and starts relieving them of their debts. And said, okay, you don't owe this anymore. You don't owe this anymore. You don't, that's not his place to do. That's that they owe his master money, not him money. Mm -hmm. And so he continues to mismanage funds. And then the master comes in and he says, you're good. Good job. I was like, and I was like, hold up. Jesus is not condoning uh, mismanaging funds or dishonest business practice. Our blessed Lord wouldn't do that. And that's what I was getting hung up on. So what was he saying? Yeah. Jesus, while he was not condoning dishonest business practice, he was uh, congratulating him for two things. This is uh, what I could find in my own research. Uh, The first thing is his cleverness, right? The, the steward saw that he would be kind of put out on the streets very soon, and he didn't have any, a backup plan. He didn't know what he was going to do. So he started doing what he thought he could do, relieving people's debts so that, that he could have a friends whenever he was on in the street and they could help him. And so the master congratulated him for his cleverness. He said, okay, you saw your own weak point, you saw ahead, and then you planned ahead, and then you did it. Uh, That's very clever of you. Jesus is saying, I wish you were that clever for me. That very often in our sin, we can be very clever, right? Okay, when am I going to commit this sin? How am I going to commit this sin? Especially like, I'm trying to break a sin, I'm trying to break a habit. We'll, We'll climb up a mountain backwards, Uh, to commit a sin that we really want to. Um, But when it comes to doing acts of virtue, we're not willing to work that hard or we're not willing to be that clever. And so Jesus is saying, I wish you were, if only you were half that clever for me, Mm. man, you'd be a saint today. And so he's kind of saying, okay, the worldly are very clever, uh, sometimes more clever than the children of light. I wish I wish we can use that cleverness for me. And I've, I've, I've definitely worked with people like this, that like no matter what, they're having like a hundred obstacles in their way with anything that they do, and they don't pay that any mind. Like they're willing to do, they're willing to do gymnastics over these obstacles and they still do the work of God. I've, I've, I've seen this with people I've worked with before and it's, it's incredible to see their willingness, their drive, their creativity and their uplifting attitude, their joy, um, to be creative for God. That's, 
that's what he's trying to ask right there that's cool um that's a cool take also as you're talking thinking wonder if there's an affirmation of the um the who's the guy that has the steward the master the master Mm -hmm. like he made a decision to let go of the steward because of mismanagement of funds right Mm -hmm. um and there's an affirmation like so he said good job right yeah after in yeah. other words i wonder if he in the back of his mind it wasn't mm-hmm. good job or in other words thank you thank you for affirming the decision that i made right mm. and take that out of the gospel and then put it into our lives right oftentimes i think that we get hung up on decisions and god is constantly trying to affirm our discernment and sometimes we miss it you know mm. yeah no i just looking at it from a different angle, yeah. I, I love the the, the, the angle creativity. That you, take, that you take. Yeah, it. no. Look, um, listening to some of my brother priests, you know where they took it. It was it was very insightful. Um, the the second thing, our blessed Lord, is uh, getting to with this kind of affirmation is that he used money for a higher purpose mm-hmm. than gaining more money. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, look, that's the first reading, St. Paul. Don't use money to just get more money. Money is just a thing. Uh, the prophet Amos was preaching against the people saying, uh, stop using people and loving money. Whereas our blessed Lord in this gospel is saying, thank you for loving people and using money. Yeah. Right. So money is just a means to an end. People are an end in themselves. Don't use people. People are made in the image and likeness of God. And money's not or material wealth is not. Um, so stop acting like that. And so the steward used money for people. Mm-hmm. And that's a higher end than just using money to get more money. Yeah. That's the higher end. You still shouldn't mismanage other people's money. 100%. Even if it's for good. Yeah. No. <laughs> Asterisk yes. disclaimer footnote. Yeah. No, right. you, you are 100%. You are 100% correct that me and you were called to be stewards of the master's money, right? So God created all things, including material wealth. Mm-hmm. I am just a steward of whatever tiny little portion he's, a, he's allowed me to have in this life. I need to manage it well. I need to be clever with it in virtuous ways and I should use it for other people not just for myself right I need to I need to be responsible and so think about the people you're responsible for I'm responsible for my spouse my kids right I'm responsible for my parents whoever you're responsible for do it you know uh, handle your money well don't mismanage your funds um don't mismanage anything for that matter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so um at the end i kind of wrapped it up and just this kind of one-liner pithy saying uh god is great he's infinitely gr- uh, better than people and things people are infinitely better than things and things while they are good are nowhere near as good as people or as great as God. So worship God, love people and use things. Mm. 
So what's our takeaway here? Our takeaway is if Jesus's words confuse you, you're in good company because they confuse fathers sometimes as well. Oh, yeah. Um, we should be good stewards of all that God has given us. We should love God or worship God and love people, right? Um, and in our discernment, I think it's important that we allow God to affirm it and that we pay attention to that, right? So many great takeaways. Yeah, for for uh, <laughs> for someone who had no idea, you know, I was I was really stuck on that gospel. I was like, oh, that, I, maybe I just preach on the first reading. <laughs> <laughs> glad it's y'all and not me yeah um so we want to thank y'all for joining us this week uh just a reminder that we are moving this podcast to its own channel or we have moved it um for the past couple of weeks and this week i'm um and maybe a couple of weeks moving forward um i'll continue to post in both places um but go and look up on spotify apple google wherever you listen uh to to to, to this um go and look up the beyond the homily powered by saint pius Catholic Church um, on you know on one of those channels. Make sure you follow it. If this episode has blessed you, share it with a friend. Um, be sure to follow us, like us on your spot on your podcast listener of choice. We hope that you have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you at mass this weekend. God bless. God bless.